Four from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. We're going to go ahead and revisit the series Mayor of the Town. The program began in September of 1942 over NBC, but by October it had moved to CBS. And this is the first episode of its CBS run, and it's a powerful story. Bombings of London and the cities of Great Britain left their scars upon the land and the people, particularly the children. And that's the topic of tonight's episode of Mayor of the Town. So here, from October 7th of 1942, is the episode, War Orphan. Good evening. The makers of Rinso are proud to present The Mayor of the Town, starring Lionel Barrymore. You know, being mayor in a town the size of Springdale isn't exactly the same as being mayor in a bigger town. No? Well, I guess you'd call it a more personal sort of job. Why, I bet I've been let in on just about every individual family problem in Springdale sometime or other. You see, (laughs) when folks around here go to the polls to elect a public servant, that's just what they mean. (laughs) Harlow Wilcox here will back me up in that, won't you, Harlow? Yes, indeed, Mr. Mayor. And uh, by the merest coincidence, that reminds me of another public servant. (laughs) Merest coincidence, my foot. Go on ahead, though. Well, this servant gets let in on a goodly share of family problems, too. The weekly wash, for instance. Yes, it's the new anti-sneeze Rinso, all right. And it knows how to make short work of the toughest wash day problem. In Springdale, for instance, the water is hard as a rock, but Rinso bubbles right up into heaps of rich, creamy suds that will soak your clothes clean as a whistle, often in as little as ten minutes. Then a few quick finger rubs on the extra-soiled places, and your clothes are ready to rinse. I hope you'll try Rinso soon, wherever you live. And now, the mayor of the town. Jimmy Stevens is in the parlor. Jimmy Stevens? Mm-hmm. Is he back from England? Well, if he isn't, then his twin brother is sitting in there. Come on and see, and see for yourself. Jimmy, well, I'm glad to see you, son. Come in, come in. Hello, Mayor. Had you dinner? Yes, I had it down at the hotel. Well, sit down, sit down. I heard most of your broadcasts from England. Oh, they were swell. I'm Splendid. going back next week. They're not giving commentators much rest right now. Mayor, there's something I want to ask you. Eh? Huh? What? Well, I'm in a bit of a jam. You see, I brought a kid back from England with me. Thought Mother could take him, but she's had an attack of appendicitis. Oh, that's too bad. I just received word today that I had to go back the first of the week to do a new series of broadcasts from London. Hmm. And that doesn't give me any time to find a home for him. I, uh, I thought you might be willing to help me out. Well, in what way, Jimmy? I want you to take the boy. Oh, now, Jim, this is no kind of a household to bring a boy into. An old man and an old housekeeper. <laughs> How old is he? A thousand years old inside. Actually, about 11. 
You see, his father and mother were killed. They lived in a small village near Dover. I found them sitting by their bodies, just sitting there, not crying, not saying a word. So I took him back to London, and then when I left London, I brought him home with me. Did he want to come? He never said. He never says much of anything. It's like he was dead inside. Poor little tight. Sometimes he cries at night if he thinks no one's around. And he keeps watching the sky. And when the planes go overhead, his eyes look the way they looked the night I found him. Where is he now? Down at the hotel. Well, does he know that you've come to me? Yes, he took it a little hard at first. You see, every bit of that love that he had for his parents, he's fastened on me. He follows me every place I go, like a little puppy. Mm. He seems to be obsessed with the idea that something might happen to me every time I'm out of his sight. Mm. Well, your leaving must be quite a blow to him. I've made him a promise that I'd come back. He believes in me, Mayor, and he believes in that promise. But meantime, he needs an anchorage. I know it's a big thing to ask, but... Well, bring him to me. I don't know what Marilly will say, but bring him to me. This was my room when I was a little boy. Now it's going to be yours. It's very nice, sir. Those books are books I used to like to read when I was about your age. And that baseball bat and ball Jimmy sent over. He thought you might have learned to play while he was gone. Jimmy sent it? Yeah. Oh, isn't it a beauty, sir? Yeah, it's a fine bat. I taught Jimmy to hold his first bat when he was smaller than you were. I'll bet he's a topping player. Did you ever notice his muscles, sir? Did I notice him? I helped him grow them. Listen, it's a plane. Turn out the lights, sir. Turn them out quickly. Oh, now, Ronnie. Turn them out. Please turn them out, sir. Please turn them out. All right, all right. All right, Ronnie. Come here by the window. Good, sir. Come here, Ronnie. Do you know what time it is? It's 8.30. And you know how I know? That's the non-stop flight. It always goes over at 8.30. I've never known it to be more than 30 seconds one way or the other out since he's been flying. Now, that's a friendly plane, Ronnie. Every night when it goes over, it says, Good evening, Mayor. It's 8.30. Time for the judge to be arriving for his game of checkers. <laughs> we used to watch the planes, Mummy and Daddy and I. We used to go up on the hill and wave at them. But one night the planes came down... <laughs> The planes came down, and, and it was the end of the world. It was the end of the world. Oh, now, child, child. Come here. Are you too big a boy to sit on my knee? No, sir. Well, there we are now. You know, Ronnie, all my life I've wanted a son. Someone to take fishing to the movies. Someone to watch play baseball and someone to take to circuses and someone just about your age. What's a circus? What's a circus? What's a circus? Why, it's the smell of popcorn and the music of bands. It's elephants and clowns and trapeze artists. It's pink lemonade and a ringmaster with a long black whip. It's cotton candy and peanuts. It's a present that's labeled to all kids in America from P.T. Barnum.
Give us 50 cents worth. Oh, man. Over here, over here. We'll have a little everything. Oh, my. Hot dogs, Dixon, and hot, hot dogs, hot dogs here. Two hot dogs here. And two bottles of sarsaparilla. Oh, my. Step right up and ride the Ferris wheel, ladies and gentlemen. Step right up for the tallest, the fastest ride in the world. 25 cents a ticket. Two bits to... Two, please. Oh, my. Pink lemonade, get your fresh pink lemonade out. Two, please. I wish I had the spanking of both of you. I don't know why we should be sick, Merlin. Well, I do. Nobody's stomach in the world could hold the stuff you ate. Why, Merrily, go away. Please go away. Open your mouth. I won't. Open your mouth. I won't do it. I took my castor oil, too. I hate castor oil. But it's good for you, sir. Well, I won't take it. You aren't very brave, are you, sir? Huh? There, there, you see? <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes. Open your mouth. <coughs> yeah, oh, oh, there, there. That's a big man. That's a nice big man. Marilla, you're a horrible, designing, unpleasant old woman. I've always been one to do my duty where I saw it. Them that goes to the circus pays the price. <laughs> Good night, boys. Ronnie, you know what we're going to do someday? What, sir? We're going to take Marilla to the circus. Now, you see, Ronnie, you hold the baseball bat between your hands like this. Yes, sir. Got it straight? First you spit on your hands, then you rub dirt on them. Then you grip the bat between your hands. Now you throw the ball for me, and I'll show you how to hit it. Ready, sir? Ready? Oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Come on, Mayor. Ronnie. Oh, man. This is where we take it on the land. Yes, sir. Isn't the sea beautiful, sir? Isn't the sea beautiful? Yeah, this is the life, isn't it, son? The taste of salt on your lips and the roll of a deck under your feet, the spanking breeze at your back. The coast back there, it, it looks a little like the coast of Dover. The gulls wheel just like that, and the cliffs are straight and tall. My father used to say they were the sentinels of England. Do you know, sir, sometimes I, I miss England. Oh, of course you do. Tell me, Ronnie... What do you think about when someone mentions the word England? Why, I guess I think of Westminster Abbey, the way it looked when my father took me there, and the way I used to ride my bicycle down the hills in Lancashire, where we used to go in the summer. I I think of the crowds in Piccadilly and Leicester Square, and I think of my mother and father standing at a gate and me running down a hill to meet them. Yes, that's what you think of. And I think of casement windows that knew Raleigh and Drake. Cathedrals that have known centuries of English prayers. Houses that have fathered generations of, of English dreams. For me, England's the tavern where Shakespeare and Ben Johnson used to sit. 
And it's the flag that Nelson died for, and Rupert Brooke, and the Duke of Kent. And it's the people, too, the people who fight in the memory of all these things, who've dug their fists into the earth and will die but never give up. Like my father and mother. Yes, yes, Ronnie, like your father and mother. They taught you all about England. Now you're going to learn about America. You're going to learn about George Washington <laughs> and Lou Gehrig and Thomas Edison and James Fenimore Cooper. You're going to have a look at the inside workings of our democracy. I care not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. <laughs> it is, sir, the people's government, made for the people, made by the people, and answerable to the people. And seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. When, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bonds which have connected them with another, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Beautiful up here on the hilltop, isn't it, sir? The stars are so bright. Ronnie, I heard you crying last night. I went in, but you were asleep. I didn't want to wake you. You hadn't done that for so long. Now, what was the matter? I was dreaming about airplanes. They were big, like black birds, and their wings cast a shadow over the earth. Yeah. The bullets yeah. came down like rain. The bombs split the earth open, and I was running to escape them. And suddenly, when it seemed I must be killed, I saw a man in front of me. And it was Jimmy. And he opened his arms, and I ran toward him. But as I ran, he fell. And when I reached him, he was already dead. And it was the end of the world. But I didn't care. I wanted it to end. There, there. Now, it was only a dream. He's dead. I know he's dead. No, no, no. no. He isn't dead. He said he'd come back. You remember? He promised. Promises don't count for much anymore. <laughs> Ronnie, I thought you were happy. I thought you liked America and being here with me. For a while, I forgot about the plains and how quietly dead people lie on the ground. I forgot that all the promises I'd believed in were broken. Because of a dream? Because I loved my mother and father and they're dead. Because I loved Jimmy and he's dead too. Oh, come now. Let's go down to the house, son. We'll have a game of checkers. Hey, give me a hand. If Jim's all right, if he isn't dead, then would you believe things are all right again? If he isn't dead, I... would you have faith again? I might. Upstairs and get the checkers, Ronnie. They're in my room. Yes, sir. I've been waiting for you. Stayed a long time on the hill. What is it? You're as white as a sheet, really. There was a raid in London. Ah, uh, Jim. He's dead. Says so in all the papers. Oh, Marilly, Marilly. 
There. Are you ill? You look like a ghost. Here, sit down. Shall I call the doctor? No, no, no. I'm all right. Oh, it's too bad. But don't look like that. It isn't the end of the world. You're mistaken, Marilly. That's just what it is. It's the end of a world that I've been building. You know, one of my favorite people in Springdale is Minnie, the mayor's secretary. Well, yesterday I was walking by a grocery store, and out came Minnie, her arms loaded down with packages. Hello, Harlow. Hi, Minnie. Going home? Yes, I am. Ah, let me carry your packages for you. Thanks, Harlow. Well, well, can this be a box of Rinso? <laughs> Aren't you the sly one, though? You know very well it is. <laughs> well, I somehow don't think of you as keeping house in addition to holding down a job. What do you think I do, live in the park? I'm a very good housekeeper, if I do say so myself. I'll bet you are. Anybody who's smart enough to use the new anti-sneeze rinse knows plenty about keeping house all right. Well, you know, the mayor keeps me hopping, so I haven't got forever in a day to spend on housework. That's one reason I use rinse short work of jobs like dishwashing, for instance. And as I always tell the folks, those rinse suds are tough on grease, but mighty easy on your hands. My budget, too. I'm watching that pretty close these days. That's right. Costs less than a cent a day to use Rinso for dishwashing. Well, here we are. Thanks for carrying my packages home, Ah, uh, you're welcome, Minnie. Be seeing you. Bye. I always did like Minnie. There's a girl who knows what she's talking about. And now for Act Two of The Mayor of the Town. <laughs> you some ice cream. It's chocolate. I'm not hungry, sir. I I don't feel very well. But you haven't eaten anything for three days. You can't go on like this. I'm not hungry. Son, won't you eat just because I ask you to? I've got a lump in my throat. Nothing will go past it. Oh, Ronnie. We used to play all day in the sun. And sometimes at night we'd play outside until bedtime. There's no place to play anymore. Well, you can play here as late and as long as you want. Once I could play at Dover as long as I wanted, but not anymore. Sometimes my mother would come down on the beach with us, and her hair would blow in the wind, and she would laugh. At night, she'd come in to tuck me in, and she'd sing... And after a while, I'd go to sleep to the sound of her singing. I never dreamt then. I didn't know about the planes. Oh, child, child. I wish I could hear her sing once more. I wouldn't be afraid to go to sleep then. Ronnie, I... I'll take the ice cream down. I'll be back to see you again before you go to sleep. How is he? Is he all right? Oh, Marilly. What are you crying about? Here. Take this dish... I'm going into my wife's room. Oh, don't go in that empty, cold old room. Come on down to the library. I've got to... I've got to talk to Anne. (laughs) 
And you'd know what to do if you were here, wouldn't you? You always knew what to do for broken hearts. He won't eat, and he can't sleep. And if he doesn't, he's going to die. Did you ever see a little boy of 11 that wanted to die? But he's older than I am. And then he's the son of our hearts. He even looks a little like you sometimes. What can I say to him? How can I reach him? He has to sleep. He has to sleep. Someone is. Come with me and see. I came up to see how he was, and as I came to the door, I heard a woman singing. A woman singing? Yes. Then I came to get you. Open the door, Marilly. Gently. Oh, thank goodness. Look, he's asleep. Why, there's no one here. No, no one at all. But he's asleep for the first time in days. Asleep. And Marilly, sometime, when he wakes up, I think he's going to be hungry. You better fix something. some more cookies, Miss Marilly? Good heavens, you've had six. You'll be sick. Did you have a good night's sleep, son? Yes, I did. I didn't dream at all. Would you like to hit a few baseballs, sir? Of course I would. Oh, look, someone's stopping. Who on earth is that? It's Jim. Oh, Jim. Hello, Ronnie. Hello, Mayor. Oh, Jim. Oh, you're getting big, son. Oh, Jim, this is a surprise. The paper said you were missing in the attack Monday night. I took off by a bomber Monday night, but it was a highly secret affair. I read about my demise in the papers coming down here. I'm sorry you were worried. They didn't bomb you? Oh, there were a few bombs flying around, but they didn't come any closer than my eyebrows. I'm hard to hit. Pretty skinny, you know. <laughs> I am, too. But I'm getting fatter. <laughs> Ronnie's gained seven pounds. Well, I'll take him off your hands now. Mother's a lot better, and she said to bring him up. Uh, take him off my hands? I'll never be able to thank you enough for keeping them for me. Ronnie, now we're going to do all those things I promised you. We'll go fishing and horseback riding and swimming. That that would be fine, sir. Well, run up and start to get your things ready, son. I, I'll be up in a few minutes to help you. Yes, sir. There's a great change in him, Mayor. I, I don't know how to thank you. Oh, well, I didn't do anything. I love that boy. I look at him sometimes, but the young English soul of him, clear and level-headed and full of integrity, and I think there's the best of England. He's a fine boy. Yeah. I, I felt a grave responsibility toward him, but he's one forlorn little boy who's been labeled enemy and marked for slaughter. No wonder he's been terrified. No wonder he wakes up crying in the night and winces when the planes go over. This isn't a pretty world to be 11 years old in. His heart is broken because of an, an incident at Dover. 
And the heart of England bleeds because of a million incidents like it. Yes, yes, I know. Well, he's been happier here, though. He's gone to school, <clears throat> had a few black eyes and bloody noses, but he's been the better for him. <laughs> he's learned to run freely in the sunshine again. It's enough to break your heart to know that he had to be taught those things. But he's learning them. He's learned that faith can be answered, and that promises can be kept, and that's what we must teach the children of all races. Oh, so much is gone, so many of the old landmarks, so many of the old traditions. Mm. Sometimes I wonder if Ah, ever... don't wonder, Jimmy. Don't wonder for a moment. The grass will grow over the scarred countrysides. The buildings will be built again, and these youngsters that we shelter in our homes and in our hearts will go back to wiser countries. Everyone who dies for freedom now dies for them. For theirs is the life, blood, and the future of their race. And ours is the responsibility for making the world a safe place for all children again. And then to teach those children how to live in it. Oh, well, I didn't mean to preach at you. <laughs> I had a son for a few months. I'll miss him. I shall miss him. <laughs> Here's your hat, and your catcher's mitt, and your football. Gee, remember when you broke the window? <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, what am I laughing at? It cost me $15. <laughs> Here, put those socks in the corner there. And remember when we got sick at the circus? The circus <laughs> is here again. I, I was hoping... Here, here's your shirts. Oh, sir, couldn't I stay with you? Couldn't I please stay with you? Stay with me? Stay with me? Why, boy, but why would you like to stay with me? There isn't much in the house for a young boy. An old man and an old woman and an old house. It's like home now. It's the only home I have. Oh, I, I love Jim, too. But I'd like to stay here if it could possibly be arranged, sir. I, I'd work real hard around the yard, and I'd try not to eat too much so I wouldn't be expensive and... Ronnie, you've just made yourself a sale. Uh, what are you crying about? You're crying, sir. Nonsense. I've just got hay fever. Come on, let's go find Marilly and Jim. Marilly! Jim! Get on your hats. We're going to the circus. <laughs> We're going to the circus. <laughs> me the castor oil. Oh. oh. Marilly, open your mouth. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, listen. Look, sir. There goes the non-stop right on time. It's 8.30. Time for the judge to be arriving for a game of checkers. back in half a minute. But first, I do hope you've decided to get a big box of the new anti-sneeze rinse before your next wash day. 
Oh, not just on my recommendation, but on the word of the makers of 33 leading washers. For example, the makers of the famous ABC washers. They tell their customers to use Rinso. Now, more than ever, for the washer industry is devoting full time to the war effort, which means no more new ABCs will be made for the duration. But Rinso's short run will be easy on your precious ABC, and you can continue to turn out those glorious Rinso white, Rinso bright washes week after week. So get Rinso tomorrow, won't you? And now, Mr. Barrymore. I just wanted to say that whenever you move into a new house, you're mighty pleased when your friends come to visit you. Well, we've moved into a new place on the air tonight, and I can't tell you how much pleasure it gives us to have you join us. As I told you all some time ago, I was delighted when Rinso people discussed the idea of this show with me, delighted to be part of it, for I regard it as being a vital reflection of the American scene. I'm happy, too, and proud to be on the air for Rinso, which enjoys such wide acceptance in any city and town in the United States. And I'll bet Harlow Wilcox thinks I'm trying to steal his job for saying that. <laughs> well, anyway, good night, and thank you very much. be sure to be with us again next week for another full hour of entertainment with Bob Burns as the Arkansas Traveler and Lionel Barrymore as the mayor of the town. Mr. Barrymore appears on our program through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Studios. The part of Ronnie was played by Billy Roy. Tonight's script is written by Miss Jean Holloway. This is Harlow Wilcox bidding you all a very pleasant good night. Welcome back. Fans of the Great Detectives podcast that we do regularly will recognize the voice of Bob Bailey in that critical role of Jimmy. And this, I think, is an episode that really does uh, drive home its point about the uh, terror inflicted on the uh, British people by the Nazis. And again, this is such an emotional uh, program, uh, really carried by the great acting of Mr. Barrymore. And we'll definitely revisit the series Mayor of the Town. Though we have something extra special planned for next week's dramatic uh, interlude, but I won't tell much more about that. That'll do it for now. If you have a story about your experiences or that of a loved one in World War II, I'd love to hear from you. I welcome all your comments at box13 at greatdetectives.net. King Curlin provides the opening theme. Heroic, kencurlin.com. Andrew Rines edits our sound. otrwesterns.com. I'm your host, Adam Graham. The war is offered as a service of the great detectives of old-time radio. 